I would like to warn you that this episode of Off the Watch List is spoiler-filled. So, if you've seen the movie, or you just don't care, welcome to the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Off the Watch List, a podcast with the movies that we have no excuse for missing. My name is Luke. I am Sophia. And what did you watch this week, Sophia? I watched Brooklyn. So I've actually wanted to watch this movie for quite a while. I remember seeing a somewhat indie movie in theaters a while ago, like probably seven years ago. And, and there was a trailer. Oh, well, I suppose <laughs> if it came out in 2015, it was yeah, six years ago, <laughs> seven years ago. Several, yeah. yeah. Um, it feels like it's still 2017. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I remember seeing a preview for this in the movie theater when it was about to come out and immediately thinking, Oh my gosh, that looks amazing. That's totally up my alley. This movie does seem to be right up your alley. And I just never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was super excited to, to get this one and I ended up liking it a lot. It has Irish accents and Italian accents and Irish music. And that's all, all I really need in a movie. <laughs> Should we preface with your your love for all things Irish? Yes, I am a big Irish cultural and especially musical fan. Nerd. Oh. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Yeah, no, you've gotten me hooked on Irish music over the last year mm -hmm. or so. And it's so amazing. And because of that, I... I asked you if you'd seen Brooklyn and you said no. And that is baffling to me. This is your perfect movie. I just never got around to seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, it came out in 2015. Just, I was about to say just a couple years ago, but no, <laughs> nope. more than a couple years ago. It was very critically acclaimed when it came out. It debuted at Sundance Film Festival in 2015. It was one of the films at Sundance that was just hugely successful it probably got its reputation because of its success at Sundance. Sundance Film Festival and festivals as a whole have a very interesting, I don't know if it's a tradition or just cultural thing, where after the movie ends, there's a standing ovation, like most things. Except... What if they're really bad? Then everyone just quietly leaves the oh, theater. Okay. <laughs> so it's, you don't get a standing ovation for every movie, no matter what. No, honestly, I, I think even the not great movies get standing ovations it's just like the hmm. polite thing to do you know but there's something special about these standing ovations at the film festivals and that is they last for so so long just like completely unnecessary lengths hmm. of time a recently movie came out starring adam driver and marion i don't never never known how to say her last name marion cotillard i think I, I think the movie is called Annette and it's a musical. I believe it debuted this year, 2021 at the Cannes film festival. And I think it got like a 26 minute standing ovation. What the? Yeah. Just, Who's just, <laughs> who, just a ridiculous who has the time, of time to just stand and clap for 26 minutes. There's often videos of it. There was a, I think a 12 minute standing ovation for once upon a time in Hollywood at the Cannes film festival. And it's funny to watch these videos because Quentin Tarantino is just standing there with his hands in his pockets like, thank you, I appreciate it. I mean, you, you know, 
there's at least one person in the audience who's just kind of looking around. Like, so <laughs> they're still clapping, but they're like, the movie was so, good. <laughs> are, when are we done? <laughs> but Brooklyn was one of those movies. One gotcha. of those very successful Sundance movies. And it's really picked up attraction because of that. And mm-hmm. because probably because of its success in Sundance, it went on through the whole award circuit. It was nominated for several Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Actress for Saoirse Ronan. I I thought it was Saoirse. Is it Saoirse? I think it's Saoirse. I've seen many interviews that she's given, and I I think it's Saoirse. I might be wrong. Um, if I am wrong, I'm very sorry okay, to Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. Ha ha. I guess. I win. Well, I that, was, okay, wait, that's the American pronunciation, maybe. Saoirse. That's British. So either way, you are not correct. (laughs) (laughs) When I was when I was younger, I saw when I I guess younger, twenty seventeen. I saw Lady Bird, and she's in that as well. And I thought it was when I watched the credits. I thought it was Sayroy's Ronan. Yeah, the way I just read it in my head before I ever heard it out loud was like sour say. <laughs> like, oh yeah, sour say Ronan. <laughs> sour say. I'm so sorry, Sosha Ronan, if you end up ever listening to this podcast. It was also nominated for Best Writing by Nick Hornby. And so very successful through the Academy Awards. It didn't win any of those categories, but it did set up, especially for Sersha's career, a huge Oscar leap. Before this, mm-hmm. she had acted before, but wasn't a huge, huge star. Okay, I was going to ask if this was like her her breakout role. It kind of was her okay. breakout role in a, in a weird way because she was in a lot of other things before this, especially teen movies. She was in several Divergent, Hunger Games style. Oh, wait, what? Oh, not in those. Yeah, not in those. Okay. But she was in movies that were in that style. Gotcha. And then she did Brooklyn and was fantastic in it. After that, she just did movie after movie that were nominated for Oscars, mm-hmm. including Lady Bird, including Little Women. She plays Joe in Little Women. It was also nominated for several BAFTAs and Screen Actors Guild Awards. Yeah, I, I think it it deserves all of those. I think it's a it's a very quiet movie, but it's lovely, I thought. Going into the 2016 Academy Awards, there were a lot of movies that I really, really liked and that I thought deserved... Oscars, but looking at the Oscar list for Best Picture that year, there were a ton of very dramatic movies. Spotlight ended up winning, but you also had The Big Short about the stock market collapse. You had Bridge of Spies about the Cold War. You had Mad Max Fury Road, which I love that movie, but it's super intense and super dramatic. You have The Martian, of course, it's kind of a comedy, but it's also super intense. The Revenant, which is super intense, and then <laughs> Room, which is one of oh my, my gosh. one of my favorite movies, but super intense. That took me oh my gosh, that took me several days to recover from. Yeah, that's that a, movie. Yeah, it's an impactful film. Mm-hmm. But along with all those is Brooklyn sitting in the best picture category. There it is, and it's very interesting because this type of movie is hardly ever recognized for being great. When and this is a drama, but it's a very lighthearted and innocent drama. Yeah, it feels very real and powerful and unique in that regard. You have a lot of rom-coms and you have a lot of dramas, but you don't have many that walks the line of reality almost as well as Brooklyn does. It's a very intimate movie. 
It is. So I'll go ahead and jump into some more specific background for this. Okay. The main character in the film, played by Sir Ronan, the role was originally offered to Rooney Mara, who you might know from a ghost story. She was very good in that. She was in a social network, mm. the social network. <laughs> just one of them. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just a, a singular social network. Mm-hmm. Rooney Mara was originally offered the role because at the time that they were casting, Sir Ronan was too young. And oh, they wanted to cast an adult because casting an adult would get rid of the child labor laws. The production went on for such a long time, pre-production went on for such a long time, that Saoirse Ronan came of age and was actually offered the part. A little fun fact here about Saoirse Ronan. At the time that she discovered that she was cast, she was in Dublin, Ireland, and she was getting a manicure. And Good for her. when she heard that she got it, she was sitting in the seat getting her manicure. She got the phone call. She picked it up. She had been cast in Brooklyn, and she was so excited that she had gotten cast that she bought champagne for everyone at the salon at the Aww. time. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Good for you, Sersha. Sersha Ronan herself is kind of interesting, especially as it relates to the movie. Of course, Sersha Ronan is Irish. She was raised in Ireland, which is perfect for the movie because the main character is from Ireland. But she was born in the United States. She was actually born in Brooklyn. Oh, interesting. So she's an American citizen, okay. born in Brooklyn, who was raised in Ireland by Irish parents. Okay. So, so that's that's her real accent then. That's her real accent. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I didn't doubt that it was, but hearing that she was born in Brooklyn just now, I was like, oh, maybe she was putting it on, but no. The movie is directed by John Crowley. He is also an Irish film director. He also has directed a lot of theater productions. So kind of a tie-in with our Chicago discussion, how the director of Chicago did a lot of theater production before he was in movies. John Crowley for Brooklyn did the same thing. He has not made too many movies, actually. He made Brooklyn in 2015. He made a movie called Closed Circuit in 2013. And then a movie called Is Anybody There in 2009. So I think that's all that we have for background facts. Would you like to jump into the summary? Sure. Okay, so the movie begins in Enniscorthy. Enniscorthy? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I believe it's Enniscorthy. In County Wexford in Ireland, which is where our main character, Ailish Lacey, is from. Ailish. Eilish. Not Eilish. No, not Eilish. <laughs> it is spelled like Eilish, though. It's like a pun on Irish and eyelash. <laughs> uh, but no, it's pronounced Eilish. Our main character, Eilash, is living in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, so our, our main character, Eilish. There's a little bit of setup where you can tell she's working part-time at a job that's not really fulfilling her. It's just a grocery store with a mean old boss. She's not really interested in, I suppose, the romantic prospects around her. She she has friends there and, and her sister who she's really close to. So you get a little bit of setup there, but I actually thought it was interesting. The movie starts and right off the bat, you find out that she's planning to get out of there and go to America. So that's like five minutes in and she tells her boss, oh, I'm, I'm away to America. Then after that announcement, you 
sort of get the setup of why she's unhappy there, which I thought was interesting. There's no lead up into it. It's the announcement. And then I suppose the explanation afterwards. It picks up halfway through. It's like you're in the middle of the action right when the movie starts. Throughout the movie, it's a very slow process of of really becoming invested in in her as a character. But I thought it was effective. I say you pick up on the action at the very beginning, but... This is about as action-packed action. <laughs> <laughs> as, as the movie gets. <laughs> yeah. So she starts preparing to go to America. You get the sense that the thing she's saddest about is leaving her sister. Her boss even guilt trips her at one time. The The two sisters live with their mother and, and the boss is like, oh, your mother's going to be fine. But I just feel so bad for your poor sister having to stay here and take care of your mother all by herself. But... Okay, thanks, boss lady. (laughs) Isn't she just like a jerk the whole movie, too, if I remember it correctly? Yeah. But Rose is wonderful. And and actually, you find out that Rose is actually the one who's arranged all of these things for... Oh my gosh, I almost said eyelash <laughs> for for Ailish. Rose wants a better life for Ailish because yeah. living in this small town Irish village, you could say, mm-hmm. it seems charming, especially from, I think, an American perspective. You look at it, it's like, oh, that's so charming and homey. But from the inside, it can feel very trapping and very like you can't escape. And so I think that's where you pick up with Ailish's character is she's mm-hmm. just very stuck in this small little Irish village with no prospects or no hope for her future. But Rose loves her and wants to see her succeed. Yeah. And you don't get a lot of Rose's thoughts or, or motivations or anything. So she, she cares very deeply about Ailish, but you never really find out if maybe this is something that Rose would have wanted for herself, but chose to sacrifice so that her sister could have it. Or if, you know, Rose is really just content staying where she is but knows that that Ailish is not uh, but either way Rose sort of puts all these pieces in order she's the one with a contact in Brooklyn a priest Father Flood which by the way that's like an awesome name I wish my name was Father Flood <laughs> <laughs> my name is Father Father, Father Flood, Flood. <laughs> uh, yeah so she she puts Rose in contact with this priest who's going to help her find a place to live, find a job when she gets there. I believe she arranges the transportation and, and she she is just the one who's putting all these pieces in place so that Ailish is able to go. And you kind of get the sense that Ailish is not really sure of how to do any of these things herself. She probably never would have gone if she didn't have this this push from her sister. That's one of the things I really like about the movie is though she wants to get out of there and she wants to go to Brooklyn, she still loves Ireland. Yeah. And I think that's very, I think that's very real, you know, even though she, she has this feeling that her life and her future is elsewhere. She still has an appreciation and a love for the people around her and the town where she grew up. And that's one of the many things that contributes to making this movie feel real and not melodramatic yeah there's a funny little bit that just (laughs) sort of cements this idea but she goes out one night with her friend nancy one night and they're going to this dance and nancy has a crush on george sheridan and so they're gonna try to get george to look at her and (laughs) george sheridan sounds like a very grumpy old irish man sitting on his porch telling kids to get (laughs) off his lawn yeah and oh george sheridan is the the attractive priest from dairy girls (laughs) (laughs) the acclaimed netflix series the wonderful netflix series watched if you haven't yes joel mazel the priest from dairy girls 
and General Hux are all in this movie. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Quite the ensemble. <laughs> also, they all play side characters. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I, I suppose my eyes just automatically drawn to them because I know them. I was like, oh, that's Joel Maisel just sitting at yeah. this table of Italians. But anyway, so they're they're going to try to get George to look at her. And, and Nancy's all excited. And, and Nancy, she's a very subtle foil for Ailish, I think, in the sense that, you know, they're the same age. They're clearly longtime friends. And Nancy is completely content to stay where she is and, and just fill the roles that are expected of her. And Ailish is not. But <laughs> it seems like Saoirse Ronan falls into these roles quite a bit. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing in both Lady Bird and Little Women, mm -hmm. where her life where she is is very easy and content and peaceful, but she wants way more than is allotted to her and mm -hmm. she's going to fight for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't I don't want to presume too much about her life, but I think she has alluded to this herself that she feels those sorts of roles are a little autobiographical for her. But anyway, so they're, they're talking about this guy and Nancy is clearly smitten with him. And Ailish is just like, Oh, he's all right. <laughs> 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 he's one of the better guys around here. <laughs> As Irish guys go, George Sheridan is like a, a nine out of 10. Yeah. I think she wears, she's like, Oh, he has too much hair oil. Isn't uh, he like a athlete or something? It's like the rugby, rugby club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So then we see Ailish getting on the boat to America. As she's in her cabin, she encounters this other Irish woman who's going to be her roommate for the voyage. And she is also from Ireland, but she is very stylish, you know, and you can tell that she's stylish because she's wearing a lot of makeup and fancy clothes and is going to go smoke a cigarette. Yep. <laughs> she tells Ailish that she is already moved to New York and she's just coming back to visit. You know, she's got it all figured out. She's pretty standoffish at first, not holier than thou, but cooler than thou yeah. <laughs> at the beginning to Ailish. But then that night, Ailish is eating by herself in the dining hall. And I suppose the, the waiter or the busboy is like, ah, bold choice to eat the mutton stew when it's supposed to be a storm tonight. And she gets super seasick that night. The girls in the room next to theirs lock her out of their shared bathroom. So she has to improvise. <laughs> uh, and she just has a terrible night. And she wakes up and this other stylish Irish woman, is she ever given a name? I think she is in the screenplay itself. Gotcha. Because I don't want to keep calling her stylish Irish woman. <laughs> I think her name in the screenplay is Georgina. Is that her? In the screenplay, it says she doesn't know what to do. So she lies down on the bottom bunk with her hands behind her head staring. Oh, it is Georgina. She closes her eyes, but suddenly the cabin door bursts open and a glamorous blonde late 30s bustles into the room with a large trunk. This is Georgina, her cabin mate. Yeah, so she wakes up in the morning and Georgina is sort of tending to her. She is making sure that she's all right. And she hears about Ailish being locked out of the bathroom. And she's like, why those little... Wait, I said that in the last episode. You said why those little? <laughs> why that little? I said that in Chicago. <laughs> uh, but she is... She's like, we're going to get him. And so she then locks the bathroom from their side <laughs> <Get wrecked. laughs> and and basically yells back at them as soon as they start pounding on the door. So now Georgina is sort of on Ailish's side. She 
and does a 180 and she's now nice. But she she's sort of taking Ailish under her wing, giving her some advice for how to get through Ellis Island. The character of Georgina is interesting and kind of representative of the entire movie because is she even in the rest of the movie? No. Yeah, so she's just here and then disappears. And she has a whole arc in this five minutes yeah. of screen time. She has this whole part at the beginning of her story where she just looks down upon. I was about to say eyelash too. She <laughs> looks down upon Ailish. And throughout the course of these five, ten minutes, she takes pity on her and decides she's going to be her friend. Mm -hmm. And is that kind of thing that makes this movie feel very true and innocent and wholesome is that this character never chooses to show up again. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that they can't make a difference in Ailish's adventure to America. And I feel like it's like that for a lot of people who are going somewhere new for the first time, where it's mm -hmm. those first people, those first impressions that really make an impact on your whole experience. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to remember the first person who really talked to you, even if you never talked to them again. And I think that's a, yeah, that is a nice little thing. But so then... Ailish gets to where she's staying in Brooklyn. I believe her sister and or the priest also arranged this for her, but she's staying in a boarding house with an Irish host and a bunch of other Irish girls. Two of them are... Uh, Just not very nice. They're not very nice. They're very concerned with themselves. Very clicky, I suppose. Clicky be between good. the two of them, yeah. The the host of the house or the, the matron of the house, I'm not sure. Um, but so she takes to to Ailish fairly well. Everyone takes to Ailish really well because she's she's very dependable. She's, she's very, very competent, very sweet and polite. But she doesn't really get along with the other girls in the house. She gets a job at a department store and. And she's fairly introverted, so she's not really making conversation with the customers and she gets told off for it. So she's, you know, she's not having the easiest time really adjusting and she's definitely not having an easy time sort of becoming an American, I suppose. You know, she's yeah. still very reserved, very timid, and you, you get the sense that everybody else around her is just more confident, louder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so she she has yet to gain that confidence in herself. And during all this time, she is writing to Rose and Rose is writing back. Sometimes her mother is writing back and she is just ridiculously homesick, which I think is also very true to life. I think the movie captures really well the feeling of being in a new place, too, because mm -hmm. it's very dark and big. New York on its own is mm -hmm. very dark and big. And when she gets to Brooklyn and gets to the place that she's staying, I had the exact same feeling that I have every time I stay at like a hotel or an Airbnb mm. and I walk up and I'm like, this is where I'm sleeping, I guess, but I don't know anything about where I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, f I found this whole sequence very true to, you know, my first few months in LA, you know, it's kind of, I had this feeling of, yeah, this is going to become the right place for me. And I, I can tell I have room to grow here and I'm, I'm going to find my own niche here, but it's not home yet. I have a fast fact. What's your fast fact? The hostess, matron, whatever it is of the boarding home is played by Dame Julie Walters, who also plays Molly Weasley in the Harry Potter movies. Oh. I see Julie Walters in a lot of movies, but I never recognize her because she's never Molly Weasley and she never has long orange curly hair. And if she doesn't, I can't recognize her. But she's also in like Paddington and a couple other movies. Oh my gosh. And I just never recognize her. But she plays Mrs. Kehoe is her name. Mrs. Kehoe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She looked vaguely familiar. 
but I never would have placed her as Molly Weasley. She meets with Father Flood. He can tell she's not really being fulfilled. Ailish is very smart and, and not overly ambitious, but, you know, she does feel unfulfilled in places where her, her talents are not being put to good use. And so Father Flood can tell this. He enrolls her in bookkeeping school. She wants to become uh, a bookkeeper and an accountant like her sister is. I have another fast fact. What's your other fast fact? This time about Father Flood. He's played by Jim Broadbent who is the second of three Harry Potter actors to appear in this movie. Oh. He plays Professor Slughorn in Harry Potter 6. Oh, interesting. There, There's this new girl in the boarding house. One of the girls moves out, I think. Ailish takes her to this Irish dance in the neighborhood locally. It's really neat. There, There is a large Irish community. And so one of the things that they touch on is even though she's in this new place, she's still able to be around other Irish people, still engage in her home culture and and it's a little bit easier of a transition i think for her because she she has a bit of her comfort zone there with her it does dig into the different cultures in Mm -hmm. new york at the time we'll eventually get to the italian culture yeah but new york was very segmented into italians and irish and all these different people during the Mm -hmm. 50s yeah so she goes to this dance takes this other girl and at the dance she meets tony fiorello who Reveals to her that he has gone to the dance because he likes Irish girls and wants to meet one. Also, what a last name. Fiorello. Fiorello. Yeah. I love it. Which is not, that's not a great opener for him. I, think. I just really like Irish girls, but he, he's a nice guy. He's, he's a shockingly sketchy. nice guy. I know he's a very, he's a surprisingly nice guy. But so they they take to each other and Ailish just ditches the girl at the dance because she she decides she doesn't really like her. And so she says to Tony, like, oh, if you walk me home, I'm sure I'll have an excuse for not walking home with her, (laughs) which is I mean, Ailish is a lovely person, but that's kind of a jerk move. I would not do that. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's, it's one of those things where you're watching the movie and you're like. This is our protagonist, right? Why is she doing that? So she and Tony walk home. I think he then shows up outside her college courses one night, asks her out. She agrees to two dates. She like signs off for two dates. So even <laughs> if the first one goes badly, she'll give him another chance. And he's very pleased with this. Uh, so they they just start dating. You know, there's no real dramatic will they, won't they. There's no flashy start to their relationship. They just sort of fall into it. And yeah, and, and Tony's great. They have a great relationship. He takes her to have dinner with his family, his very (laughs) Italian-American family. (laughs) There's a fun sequence, which I remembered from the trailer of the the two other like clicky girls who are sometimes nice to Ailish, sometimes not. They sort of decide whether or not they're going to like her at any given moment, but they're teaching her how to eat spaghetti (laughs) so she doesn't (laughs) embarrass herself when she goes to eat with this Italian family. She's trying and they're like spinning it on the floor. She's like, why, why would you do that? Why not just eat it? (laughs) Yeah. There's, they start without sauce and then she drops it. And one of the girls is like, you just splashed his mother, his father in the freshly painted walls <laughs> and that's that's a scene i remembered from the trailer it's a it's a good one the italians love spaghetti trope is so overused and so <laughs> funny every time i know i was like you don't know that they're gonna be eating spaghetti and then she goes over and what are they eating spaghetti <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> this movie also does one thing that every italian movie has to do what and that's have a lot of food in it mm. because well i mean that's fair. Well, absolutely. <laughs> there are some Italian movies 
and this is my judge for whether or not an Italian movie is good or not, depends on the dinner scenes. Are you talking about Italian movies as in movies from Italy or movies featuring Italian movies about Italian culture or Italian Americans? Yeah. Okay. The amount of food that is in an Italian or movie about Italian culture is absolutely essential to its quality. That's my calculation (laughs) because if you watch, especially like the seventies, eighties, nineties mafia movies like Goodfellas Mm -hmm. or the Godfather, there has to be a ton of food. Otherwise it doesn't feel real. And yeah, all I mean that that tracks with my experience in an Italian, Italian family. <laughs> As a person in an Italian family myself, it's completely true. Uh-huh. And also it's wonderful every time when they're sitting there planning a hit on like a mob boss and they've got calzones <laughs> and spaghetti and meatballs and a massive pizza and all these different things and you're like Except yes. spaghetti and meatballs is a that's not an actual Italian thing. It's not, but it's a cliche Italian thing. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so she, so she goes to eat, meet, she goes to eat, she goes to meet his family. He like warns her that his little brother's going to be a jerk for no reason. And then his little brother's totally a jerk for no reason. And there's, there's no real point to that. But what are they eating? Spaghetti. But, and everyone's all impressed with how well she eats spaghetti. His mom's like, where'd you learn to eat spaghetti like that? And I was actually surprised. She, she was honest. She's like, oh, yeah, I practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty endearing. Yeah, but I, yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have told the truth. <laughs> oh, I eat spaghetti all the time. I'm just a natural. <laughs> I'm just gifted. Yeah, so she gets along really well with his family. He has three brothers. They're all Brooklyn Dodgers fans. And so she, she's getting along with his family. Everything's going really well for them. She's still running home to her family, but, you know, I think as is indicative of of her mindset and the experience of adapting and growing into a new place, you know, her her thoughts about Ireland are less frequent. The the scenes that involve corresponding with people back home become less frequent. And especially with Tony around. Yes. Yeah. Especially with Tony. And then she receives word that Rose has died suddenly. And I was so sad when I first watched this. <laughs> it was movie. very sad. Okay. I actually, <laughs> I accidentally spoiled this for myself <laughs> because there's lots of great Irish music in this movie. And I was curious as to whether this was original or if these were folk songs that I should have that I should recognize. And so I went to look up the soundtrack when oh, I was like no. 20 minutes in and I saw a track that said Rose's grave. And I was like, well, crap. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and so maybe, maybe for that reason, because I was anticipating it, I could kind of tell they were dropping just very, very subtle hints. Father flood, you know, voices this same thing as he tells Alish about it. He says that, you know, he thinks that she was sick and had been sick for a while, but had chosen not to tell anybody or seek treatment because she was responsible for her mother and her sister and, and didn't want to do anything to prioritize herself over them. So Real sad. Yeah, it's very sad. And so this is crushing to, to Ailish. She and Rose were very close and she tells Tony that she has to go home for the funeral and they secretly get married before she leaves. He takes her to this stretch of land in Long Island and tells her that you know, his family's going to build a bunch of houses there. His parents are going to live in one. And, and maybe she and him 
Maybe the two of them can live in the other one together. She agrees. They make these very concrete commitments to each other before she leaves. So they kind of get married in the most Italian way possible, which is mm -hmm. she's going away on a boat back home and he's like, marry me. And she's like, eh. and he's like, please. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and then they go to a courthouse and then sign the documents. There's no ceremony. There's no really anything to mm -hmm. like make them married outside of the court signing. It's an act of desperation because they do love each other, mm -hmm. but Ailish kind of knows that she has to leave. And so yeah. it's, it's kind of a sad situation. Yeah, and, and he sort of alludes to his own fears that maybe if she goes to Ireland, she'll realize how much she actually loves it there and won't come back. I think that's that's part of the reason why he wants to get married before she leaves so that, you know, she'll have something to come back to. And that's not the best way to start a lifelong commitment. Maybe she'll meet some Irish guy who <laughs> knows all the Irish things and isn't weird and eats spaghetti all day. At the same time, it's not anything that Ailish is you know, pressured into or, or feels rushed to do. She fully agrees. They love each other. Yeah. 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 So she goes back to Ireland and she does not tell anybody that she's gotten married. I'm not entirely sure why. Do you know? I think it didn't happen the way that she wanted it to. I think she wanted her sister to be there and her mom to be there and for it to be a thing. And mm -hmm. she feels like if she showed up back at home and was like, hey, I'm married now to an Italian guy, mm -hmm. they would be like, what? We've got you set up here with uh, George Sheridan's friend and yeah. <laughs> all these different things. And so I think she just kind of feels like it's not the time and place to talk about it. Got it. Yeah. And also I, I can see her not wanting to overshadow her sister's yeah. ceremonies. So she returns. She goes back in to stay with her mother. And she reconnects with Nancy, her old friend. And Nancy is engaged to George Sheridan, which is good for her. And she's she's very happy. They seem very happy together. Nancy tells Ailish that she wants to go out with her and this other girl one night. And then Ailish gets in the car and surprise, it's Nancy, George, and the date that Nancy brought for Ailish. <laughs> Oops. And this is, mm, and then this starts this section of the movie that confused me a little bit because, you know, Ailish obviously doesn't, ha has chosen for her own reasons to withhold the fact that she is married. She doesn't want that getting around. But you know, thinking that Nancy's her best friend and is actively trying to set her up with someone else, you think that might be something she could have you know, just privately mentioned or, or even not even that she was married. Just say, hey, like there's someone I'm interested in back in Brooklyn. I'm not really looking for anyone here. <laughs> yeah, it's a little little strange, this whole section. I think it's primarily motivated from a thematic perspective mm -hmm. because choosing between... Jim in Ireland, who's a very nice guy, he mm -hmm. seems to like her and he's not unpleasant to be around. In a traditional movie, he would be like a grimy, gross, unpleasant to be around kind of guy. But he's he's fine. And then choosing yeah. between him and Tony back in Brooklyn, it's very indicative of the whole story, you know. She can stay here at home where it's easy and simple or she mm -hmm. can push herself and explore the limits of the world these four keep going out on double dates and she's even going out with jim this irish guy one-on-one -on -one, and she's meeting his family and and all this and she knows that he's interested in her and she she's not necessarily leading him on i would say but she 
does genuinely seem to enjoy being around him and she likes him and, and she doesn't give him any indication that she's not interested, which, which just seemed like an odd dynamic to me because there's nothing wrong with her relationship with Tony to this point. She hasn't experienced any doubts about him and you still don't see her experience any doubts about him. So it's, it's just interesting to see her acting in this way. I think there might also be an element of trauma involved where I would bet that she probably feels very guilty for Rose's death. Mm. She Not only was she not home, she was away, but also one of the reasons that Rose never got checked on or never went to the doctor was because she mm-hmm. wanted a better life for Ailish, mm-hmm. send Ailish to America. And so I do wonder if part of coming back to Ireland was sort of a like, okay, I can't ever leave again because yeah. when I did, look what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I think also she genuinely does seem to enjoy getting back into her life in Ireland a little bit. You know, you can tell that she, visually, you can tell that, that she has changed. She has become a new person. After the time that she spent in New York, she, you know, is more stylish. She wears makeup now because clothes and makeup are the the signals of a modern woman. (laughs) But so, so visually she, she stands out from the other people in the town. Yeah. It's very clear also that everyone around her sort of assumes and, or is trying to ensure that now that she's come back to Ireland, she's just going to stay. And, you know, she's had her fun over in New York, but now she's back and this is where she's going to live out the rest of her life. So there's people trying to get her jobs. She does get roped into actually her sister's old position at, uh, as a, an accountant for some company. When watching this part of the movie, I did find myself missing Tony quite a bit, just mm-hmm. missing his presence in the story. And you do kind of feel bad for him watching Ailish live without him. It's another just interesting dynamic of the film is that none of these things are presented as bad that are happening to Ailish. Mm-hmm. It's just that she's not with the person who you know that she loves and so mm-hmm. you want her to be somewhere else. There's actually a very kind of important scene where Nancy and Ailish and George and Jim are at the beach and they're getting their photos taken. And there's a moment where Ailish is standing in front of Jim, but she takes into account that he is like intentionally keeping his distance from her. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that she like appreciates that. And so mm. it's not at all presenting Jim as the bad guy or even the competition. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. It's very interesting how much we root for her to go back to Brooklyn to be with Tony, even though what's happening to her in Ireland is not bad things at all. Yeah. And oh, and, and Nancy is getting married, obviously. So she ends up extending her her stay to to see her friend married which is you know to be fair that's something i would do too but you know all these things keep coming up that are are sort of tugging her back into her her old life her Her mom is definitely i think her mom truly is in the camp that that believes she's going to stay and is not really thinking about her going back and and she does mention that you know she feels that if if ailish goes away again she has nobody left. Ailish and Rose's father died and then Rose was taking care of her after Ailish left and now Rose is gone and and so there is this sense of guilt for Ailish. Yeah, and you see a bit of Tony during this time but not much. You know, it just the movie goes back to him just often enough to remind you that he's part of it. They they, they <laughs> cut back to him check the mailbox and have a big sad face on. I know, yeah, and and so he mentions that 
he has been writing to Ailish a lot and she's not been writing back. You actually see her putting one of his letters in a drawer unopened. So she's not even reading his letters. Yeah. And it's there's actually a really sweet scene when Tony goes and asks his younger brother for help writing a letter because he wants it to be good at grammar and he, he he thinks if he just makes this letter good enough then she'll write back it's really sad i know and then that's the letter that she doesn't even open and i'm like oh Tony. oh man you just remind me of that i'm oh oh like, I, she she hasn't been returning my letters so i gotta make sure this one's really good it's very sad <laughs> he's oh. such a good guy <laughs> what is it with these movies we've been watching that are just so filled with like boyfriends and husbands who just Love their significant other so much and get nothing in return. We've had two. I know, but we've had three episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so for a while, it really seems like the forces pulling her towards Ireland are stronger. She never really buys into the idea of staying in Ireland permanently. You know, she, mm -hmm. I think she always does believe that she's going to go back. I think she goes back to help the other girl with something at the store. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then so her old boss ends up having her sit down upstairs. And so Miss Kelly, the boss, reveals that she has heard through the old grapevine that Ailish is married. Dun, Scandalous. Dun, dun. <laughs> um, because, you know, in the when they were in the courtroom, Tony started making conversation with this Irish couple who had relatives in Ailish's town. And so those people wrote back to their relatives and those relatives talked to their and yada, yada, yada. Anyway, she confronts her and she's like, Ailish Lacey. Or is that even your name? <laughs> <laughs> I have you now. And Ailish is like, all right, you know what? <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Actually. And she kind of she kind of lets Miss Kelly have it. And she's like, you know what? I, I've had enough with, you know, my business being everybody else's business, with not having any privacy, not having any room to grow here. And then I, I really liked when she just kind of turned on her. And she's like, so if you got me to admit that I was married, what were you planning to do with that information? What was your plan from there? What was your goal? <laughs> what was your what was your ambition, Miss Kelly? Yeah. <laughs> and so she just kind of stuns her with this outburst again from this very quiet and, and polite person. And then she gets up and she says, my name is Ailish Fiorello and she storms out. This is the catalyst when I think she's shocked back into reality and she realizes again with complete certainty that this is she this belongs. is my old home, but this is not where I belong anymore. Yeah, she belongs in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. And so she books the next possible passage home. And then she goes back home and is having dinner with her mother and then just breaks down crying and tells her that she is married, that she's going back to Brooklyn in the morning and you can you can see this this definitely breaks her mom a little bit and there, there was just such a sad moment where her her mom was like well is he nice yeah. <laughs> she's like yeah he's really nice and she's like maybe you can tell me about him <laughs> when you get back to Brooklyn and I was like oh that's so sad yeah and and then they have their emotional goodbye and Ailish leaves in the morning She's on the boat back to the United States and then you get your full circle conclusion where there's another young woman on the boat coming from Ireland to America for the first time. And 
that mutton soup. <laughs> yeah, and 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 now Ailish is the experienced, confident makeup wearing. <laughs> makeup wearing. <laughs> it's surprising how many times that is referenced where other characters are like, just put some makeup on, you'll do better in life. <laughs> And I'm like, well, it feels like the most fifties thing. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, it is the fifties, but still, yeah. And and so she now she is the one who is sure of herself and knows what she's doing and is encountering a foil of her her younger self. So she gives her all the same advice. She says, you know, don't don't eat on the boat. Go downstairs, lock the bathroom from your side. Then you can negotiate. And when you get to immigration, do all this, 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 and you know you'll you'll be okay. And she she gets back to to New York, and you see her reunite with Tony. She waits for him outside his work. Oh, he's a plumber. <laughs> he's an Italian plumber. <laughs> <laughs> she is married to Mario. <laughs> they said, "What jobs do Italians do? <laughs> they eat spaghetti. <laughs> they <laughs> work on pipes." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but so they, she waits for him outside of work and he sees her and they embrace and that's the end of the movie. I mean, she, she has a little bit of internal narration as voice she's, over. yeah, voiceover as she's sort of wrapping all this up and she comments about having like a place and a person that's just hers and, and this is where she, she has room to grow. This is where her future is and this is where she is well it's all a dialogue that she's giving to her her past self on the boat the young irish girl who's going to america right 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 she's giving her all this advice and she says you'll feel so homesick that you'll want to die and there's nothing you can do about it apart from endure it but you will and it won't kill you and one day the sun will come out and you'll realize that this is where your life is and then yeah. it, they hug and it ends yeah it's very cute <laughs> yeah it's a very sweet Story. And, and so that's that's how it ends. We've kept saying that it feels very real, but it feels mm -hmm. like this is probably the experience of a lot of people during this yeah. time. I feel like if you showed this movie to an immigrant from the 50s or so, mm -hmm. they would just see themselves in these characters because yeah. it really does feel like, like this was written by someone who lived it almost like they were journaling and mm -hmm. then they turned the journal into a movie. Yeah. It's, it's very sweet and very true and very real coming into this movie i definitely thought that it was going to be about the love story between ailish and tony and i thought that was going to be the whole arc was just their their story together and i was i was surprised at how small a role their love story played in the larger story of Ailish's coming of age, I suppose. They fall in love very quickly in the movie. Yeah, and I, I wasn't expecting Jim to be part of it at all. I was like, oh, who's this guy? Why uh, is General Hux in this movie? Why, why is General Hux the love interest in this movie? Why is Bill Weasley in this movie? <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad yeah. difference. It surprises you. It did surprise me, and I... If I'm remembering correctly, again, I saw this trailer like six years ago, but I thought the trailer leaned much more heavily on the love oh, story. Yeah. They were trying to sell the movie. And if you're going to sell a movie about immigrants in the 50s, you're <laughs> going to sell the love, love story angle of it. So that is Brooklyn. That's Brooklyn. I really like this movie a lot. It, it's visually, it's very nice to look at as well yeah. it's very very beautiful uh -huh. the cinematography is is wonderful yeah. it's such a charming movie mm -hmm. it's a great movie to watch with your grandparents or something like that i should watch this with my grandparents this is the type of movie that like anyone can 
sit down and enjoy. I often find that a struggle when I'm trying to pick out movies to watch with people. It's mm -hmm. like, what type of intensity level are you comfortable with? Yeah. So, yeah, that's Brooklyn. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode. If you'd like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, um, you can send us an email at offthewatchlist at gmail.com. We have an Instagram now. We do. It's at offthewatchlistpod on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, if you have any stories about Italian guys that you met in Brooklyn, feel free to email them to us. I would love to hear them. And maybe we'll make them into a movie one day. If you have any Irish music recommendations, send them to me and I'll see if I've heard of them already. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Or if you would like Irish recommendations, Irish music recommendations, reach out to us and we have plenty. And I will give them to you. <laughs> but also be warned because you are going to get a long email in return. Uh -huh. That's that. Thank you guys so much for watching. <laughs> you said it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take this one. No. Until next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that again. <laughs>